Did you overextend yourself this weekend, Jeff? There was th- there was a mild expedition yesterday involving climbing three. I'm going to say mountains. They're not mountains. They're technically mountains, but in Yorkshire, which is the beautiful part of the world I'm from, <laughs> that's kind of what we call mountains because it's all we got. Big hills. But. Yes, you'll remember we covered this on a previous episode. So the expedition has been done and now pain is the result. Yes, very successful, very fun, and now everything hurts and I'm tired. Which hmm. is what we're going to be talking about today, ironically. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy and I am joined today by Jeff. I hope, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And less the the physical pain of exertion and more the emotional and psychic tiredness we sometimes experience after a long day of work. Today we're going to be discussing tiredness and sometimes the guilt that comes from feeling tired. I don't know, do you guys ever get like that where you feel like, I should be doing more, but all I want to do is sleep and watch another 12-hour Netflix marathon of nothing? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> like it's, I could, um, I'm home, I could, I could read one of these many books I, uh, I want to read. I could engage in many of my artistic endeavors, or I could watch another 300 episodes of Bridezilla. <laughs> I know which one is good for me, <laughs> and mm. I know which one I'm going to eventually choose. Actually, it's not Bridezilla, it's Stan versus Evil, which I'm watching at the moment, which is oh. very, very fun. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> Murdoch, you said you feel you're in this picture. I I am very much in this picture. I have so many things on the to-do list of things that, you know, would sound like a great, you know, achievement or this, like, productive thing to do that I am not doing because once I'm done for the day, I'm done for the day. Yeah, it's very difficult. Like, you, you go to work and you come home and you're like, ah, I finished work for the day. And then your brain goes, ah, you are finished for the day. It's like, no, no, no. No, there's still like another four or five hours. No, no, you are done for the day. You sit on that sofa, you watch that terrible television, but I don't want to. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I could go to the cinema. I could take a nice brisk walk. I could sit down and read this, you know, self-improvement book that you've been putting off for like multiple weeks because it is. it sounds like the thing to do. But no, no. But, ah, like... yes, your butt groove is already here in this sofa. It's ready. <laughs> it's waiting for you. I, I really should do something about this, but I'm already in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I have that this image of, like, the, the little floating brain just sort of fluffing pillows. Like, yes, you could do that, but look. Fluff, 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 fluff. Inviting, right? Mm. Look, I've already made your evening cup of hot cocoa. Why don't you just sit? Look, the cat has come to cuddle. And you're like, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm mm. trying so hard. Well, we've talked about it before where, you know, when you expend so much energy throughout the day and willpower is a resource, right? That's something that you need to... It's a thing. It's a spoon you, you can expend. It's worth mentioning. It's worth it really mentioning. Because like, when you get home and your brain's going, ah, yes, come to your den of comforts. Yeah, come. You don't have the willpower to to ignore it. You you physically are not capable of uh, ignoring it anymore because you're so tired. And I think there's also this awkward situation for especially those people who work in an office or like other knowledge based jobs. You can come home and your body is not tired because you've been sat down, you've been, you know, just at a desk all day. But mentally, and as you say, like psychically, I guess, like you're out of manner. 
That's how I sometimes see it. Like you have used all of you on full hearts. You could go for that jog or walk the dog, but the little green bar of mana, that's just done. You are finished. You have got nothing left. Yeah, you cannot cast Fireball, which is really annoying because it's a fun <laughs> spell to cast. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know what, that's actually not a bad metaphor, or is it the other one, a um, an extended metaphor? I always forget what those are called. Ah, well, welcome to Indulgently English today. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's how much the brain is fried. Yeah, but... <sighs> I like to think an extended metaphor is a metaphor to explain the metaphor to explain what you're talking about. I don't think that's true, but I like the indulgence of it, you know? No, it's more the animal farm thing, but apparently, you know, A-level English has since evaporated from my brain. I am very sorry to all my teachers who put effort in. Hmm. But the metaphor of casting fireball may not be a bad way of thinking about it, because when you play games like D&D... And especially when you're trying to explain this to new players where you may think like video games and mana, like the way D&D works is spell slots. You actually put a spell into a slot, like physically you have to imagine it like a gap for a ball, but you can quote unquote upcast spells. So like you may have spent all your third level spells for that sweet, sweet fireball, but you could cast a fourth level fireball. And I think that's one of the routes to understanding how you can fit hobbies and personal time in here is it's conserving resources. Save some of those spell slots for later. Don't give 110% at work when you're going home an empty husk of yourself. Mm. You can like, upcast okay, hobby. Yes. There are occasions where, yeah, you know, whatever's going on, you know, deadlines, some crazy who are, sometimes you do need to give 110% at whatever you're doing for work. That's that's just the nature of things, but not every single day. Crunch time's a thing to be very careful of. Mm. Crunch time's a thing to be very careful of. It's like you want to save crunch for when it's absolutely necessary. You don't want to be living in a state of like, it's always crunch time. Perpetual crunch. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a very legitimate criticism of a fair number of industries, especially the industries that attract people because it's their passion. Oh, I'm mm. so lucky to be working in the film industry or making video games. I'm going to give everything I have because I'm just so grateful to be here. I don't want to go too negative. I'm very mindful of that fact. I don't like to go too negative, but we have to accept that sometimes an employer, it's their interest is extracting as much productivity out of their employees as they can. That's where their profits come from. Yeah. And we are not productivity machines. We are human beings. We are individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're squishy. We're emotional. We're irrational. We're not robots, despite a particular character on the front of the podcast image. We're not robots. <laughs> <laughs> Says uh, Jeff, who is the robot on the... I, I always knew I this have, day would come. I have passed that test from Blade Runner. I am <laughs> fine. I have been cleared. Thank you very much. I, I, At least I, he's I, not I learning do. and he's not hurting people. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's doing human things. We learn, we laugh, we love. <laughs> Just a small note here as well, basically. Uh, what, what comes down to productivity and effectiveness at work, different people work differently. You have some people who will, they work at a constant state. And you have others who work best when it's in like short bursts of like hyper efficiency, but like they need time to recover in between. And absolutely, you 
it, it's very individual there. You've got some people that will just paddle along like a swan, just keep going, the little, the, the little legs going under the surface, and they'll just trundle along forever. And then there's some people that are like the Disney, Disney Looney Tunes character, Taz, Taz, Tasmanian Devil. They'll come in, <laughs> they'll spin around, they'll mess everything up. Everything will go spinning and they'll do a huge amount of work in a very short amount of time. And then they will just disappear. And then they will come back and do it all over again. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether or not it's, you know, good, bad, right, wrong, everybody works differently. Mm -hmm. There is a system for this, you know. I can never remember how to pronounce it. You divide your time in hour slots, but you don't work for the full hour. You work for like 45 to 50 minutes, and then you take a five or a 10 minute break. I think it's called a Pomodoro technique. That's the one. Thank you. And that can be helpful, I think, because back in the day when we were doing unhealthy things like smoking, at least on a much larger scale as societies, Breaks were built in. People would take a break every hour, every hour and a half just to have a cigarette break. And that was normal. Now, I am not suggesting we all go back to smoking. It's not good for you. That's established. But the break we have lost. When people stop smoking, they just lost the break. We should be taking those little breaks, whether it's just stand up, move away from the computer and make a cup of coffee. Yeah, go for a walk. Go just walk around the office. Go look at where the vending machines used to be before they took them out. <laughs> go go, go! make a new friend at the water cooler. You'd be surprised. that, that It's called, you know, water cooler conversation for a reason. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think we've, again, because of the obsession with productivity, like we need to minimize the productivity to an extent. We are not, as we said, little productivity machines. It's okay to have a five-minute conversation about the football game. It's okay mm -hmm. to sort of ask how Janet is doing. How is Janet doing? I don't know. I should ask. Those little moments are like plugging your phone in for 10 minutes just to get you home before you leave work for the end of the day, just to recharge the battery enough to get through the next burst. Hmm. Hmm. It, it, it's, it's one of those things like doing so kind of, it helps you stop yourself from burning out during the day, aside from long-term burnout. And it helps you, in a way, be more or be more usefully productive for yourself because you're not a husk, this dried, shriveled husk that just wants to watch Stan versus Evil when they get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, as well, like I think it's we talk a lot about minimalism, but what I think has been very helpful recently is talk about mindfulness. And I think one of the things that's very helpful is for us to pay attention to how we are during the day. Like, are you getting headaches? It's a surprising number of people that sort of go, yeah, I get headaches throughout the day, so I take a painkiller or, you know, I'm, people have been getting these special glasses recently for their looking at screens, like they filter out the blue light. And it's like, have you tried taking a break? How long do you stare at the screen? Oh, about four hours, then I have a cup of coffee, then another four hours. Do you think those two mm. things might be related? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how, because how, I mean, because you blink so much less when you're looking at a computer screen. You mm. do. About 50% less. So much, I mean, I know for a fact my posture is horrific when I set, when I set a computer. I'm either hunched over like a gremlin <laughs> or I'm doing the equivalent of like almost being horizontal, kind of just like lounging on the chair with my neck at a horrific angle. Uh, Your lumbar that's... slowly evaporating into the mist oh, of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um I don't know if everybody's like that, but I feel, I imagine there's a lot of people out there, if they're staring at computers all day, 
the posture is terrible, which can also lead to all sorts of problems, including headaches. Yeah, no, correct posture in a chair. Like, it's a nice concept in theory to be sitting correctly in your chair to avoid all sorts of back problems. Ultimately, if you're sat in, in your chair all day for work and then, you know, all evening for relaxed time, you are eventually going to, like, move into a, a not good posture. Yeah. That does feed into the tiredness loop. It's terrible. I mean, it's also terrible that it's terrible for your health to be sat down all day when, mm -hmm. when your health is bad and if you're not doing enough exercise, you're also paradoxically more tired mm. when you're doing less exercise and it just becomes like a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where you can spin it back to what we're talking about today. Ooh, where... spin it like an office chair. Ah, <laughs> yes. Spin it around, but I'm only go 180. Don't go 360. Otherwise, we're back to talking about posture. If you take these steps, it's like taking a little bit back for yourself. Take some of that productivity, put it in your back pocket and use it when you get home for your hobbies. Hmm. Don't yeah, let, like, you know, don't let bad posture and bad work habits steal from yourself. You're stealing from yourself. Well, it's like you have 24, I mean, obviously you're not awake for 24 hours a day and I hate those whole things where, you know, you have 24 hours and you can maximize your time. Oh, but <laughs> yes, it's just, uh, let's yeah, not become it, one of those podcasts, please. But you've got, you know, you've got a set amount of time during the day where you're awake, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know for a fact that you're only going to spend a set amount of that time at work. Why would you waste all of your energy, spend all of your energy on that very small section of time when you know you've got these bits either side that are yours? They, they are yours and yours alone. It is time that belongs to you. Mm. Why would you spend your energy more energy than you needed to when you could use that for yourself. Ultimately, like, there is a thing about this eight-hour workday. You cannot be productive for the entire eight hours. Like, if you're sat in front of a computer trying to work on something that will take X number of hours, somewhere into the third hour, you're just zoned out, staring into the screen, pretending to be productive. Hmm. But what I really want to cycle back to is more about keeping some of that productivity for yourself because the other thing I, we wanted to talk about today is guilt. And there's a couple of things that really bother me. And one of them is you can go too far with what we're talking about and then become like obsessive about, you know, health and productivity and maximizing everything. And you become indulgent to the point of indulging in the micromanagement of your time and then still feeling guilty about the simple fact that it's very difficult to come home at the end of a long hard day and suck at something. I know I tried to learn the violin for some years and that was my number one problem. I enjoyed playing it but I wasn't great at it and eventually you kind of just want to be good at something. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's when you've got so little energy left it's yeah, psychologically, it's it's very emotionally and psychologically draining every day to you're learning something new, which is great, but you've got so little energy and you're bad at it because and of course you're bad of at learning. it. It's new. Yeah, it, it's it's you know nobody's going to be good at something when they start. I mean, there are some people that are, but those are very strange outliers. <laughs> we don't but talk about it, those people. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about <laughs> Mr. Wolfgang Mozart. No. <laughs> It's, that's just how it's going to be and it is very, it can be very demoralizing when you've got so little energy and you don't have the, uh, 
you don't have that sort of psychological support for yourself to kind of boost you up saying, no, no, I'm new at this. Of course, I'm going to be bad. But you don't have the energy to give yourself the pep talk anymore. And it loops in like this horrible cycle, especially if you're taking classes where you show up to the class and you know you haven't practiced enough. You know you didn't work on those scales and you feel guilty about it. And then because you feel guilty, you don't want to practice because it makes you feel bad. Why would I do something that makes me feel bad? And you have this cycle that ends usually with you giving up. And that's what I want strategies for is to, if something doesn't make you happy, it's okay to give up. Like, and, and I don't mean like the, ah, never try anything. I mean, if a hobby isn't fulfilling you, it's okay to not do it. Yeah, like th- there's the, the, there's the uh, sunken cost fallacy that can be difficult to avoid, you know, especially if it's, for example, you know, like a musical instrument, you bought the musical instrument and they're not cheap or a decent one isn't cheap. But if you've gotten a year or two in and you're just not enjoying it anymore or ever, you kind of like, yeah, this isn't working for me. Let's move on to something else. Yes, you know, we spent X amount of money on this thing and, and lessons and, and, and materials, but at some point you're just going to have to jack it in because it's not doing you any favors. Just just a small interjection here as well. It's like the point, the point of reference is also important. I think it's, this is one of the things that saps joy when your point of reference for a hobby is like a child prodigy. It's like, oh, why can't you be like, you know, such famous uh, artist? I was like, I, I didn't start that early and I had other things to do. I, yes. I'm never going to be that good <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> This hustle culture thing we talk about as well, like that's another thief of joy is, mm. you know, you, you're enjoying, especially like if you enjoy some of the more popular video games, if you're playing like Overwatch or Apex, Counter-Strike, whatever, and you look and there's this kid that's making money off of this. And you're like, why aren't I that good? Why? And you can actually like, again, they say comparison is the thief of joy, but you're like, You've got a hobby, something that you enjoy, something that maybe even brings you like some community, some fulfillment, and then you sit there comparing yourself to some kid that's making himself a millionaire playing that game. But that's not why you play the game. It's definitely like, you know, you're in, say you're in the gym and there's a dude or a lass that's in there and they're in perfect peak physical condition and you're there because you want to get healthy and you can't you, you can't stand there and go oh well, well, no, why am why am I not like that why am I not that healthy why am I not that fit because you have no idea they may spend all their day doing that that even might even be their job to do yeah. that yeah you know you can't compare yourself to that you're there because you're doing something for you and you alone and I think that's probably our way in here like if I was if I really want to tell people anything it's like take something back for yourself. Like hyper productivity, hustle culture, everything has to be working for you. Like you need to carve this little shape in this and take it back that's something that's just for you. Whether that's a walk in nature with your dog, whether that's a video game that you just enjoy. I started playing Outer Wilds again. That's a very lovely game where you can just enjoy exploration, enjoy the experience, the wonderful music, the wonderful vibe, everything. In its, the mystery. The mystery. And it's just for me. I'm not streaming it. I'm not trying to go pro. You know, nobody goes pro playing Outer Wilds. <laughs> <laughs> it's for me. 
And mm. But at the same time, like, even if, like, you know, I've spoken to so many people that say things like, I've tried so many video games and nothing's really working for me. I don't know how people sit there for four or five hours on a weekend and play video games. I, what am I doing wrong? So maybe you don't like video games anymore? Yeah. That's okay. It's just, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe right now, you know, maybe maybe you they're not for you right now. Or yeah. maybe they'll never be for you again. You don't know. You can both try them later. Okay. But both is fine. I think you have to have this constant, ah, and I don't like it. I don't want to like make people like anxious and like, oh, I've always got to be questioning myself. Am I really enjoying what I'm enjoying? But at least ask yourself the question, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Yeah. Because if you're not, something is not right. Mm. So when you say, you know, carving yourself out a time, it, remind, it, it does remind me when I was, when I was, when I was, when I was a young man <laughs> many years ago. Yes, right Grandpa Jeff, please tell us what was it like? <laughs> Like in my first, in my first ever job, my you know first ever actual earning money job, there was this old bloke um, that used to come in all the time, and you know he was one of these guys that had done everything. You know he'd like he's just one of those guys that had a very interesting work life. He'd just done all sorts of weird stuff, and one of his things was was is that you know whatever you're doing, whatever type of job you have, it's really important to just have times during the day where you can just let your mind wander and do whatever it wants. Hmm. And I think about that a lot. Um, mm. Coincidentally, I let my mind wander on it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> maybe more than I should, well, but it's, it, it feeds Jeff, into Jeff, that. come back, come back to us. <laughs> ah, can we play some heart music as I go back in time? <laughs> but it, it, it just, it just make, reminds me of that carving time for yourself mm. like or carving something for yourself, like even during the day, just having moments where it, your brain is just for you. You're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about what's going on. You're just thinking about something for you and you alone. It's surprising mm. how many people carry a paperback book with them these days. Mm. Like, obviously, you can have as many books as you want on your phone, but that we've talked about doorways before, that, like, physical, okay, the computer is going away, so is the cell phone. I'm just going to open this ancient manuscript remember when we used to have paper and i'm going to relax for 10 minutes and read a chapter of whatever it's that taking your mind into a different paradigm and going this is for me well it's it's taking your conscious mind at least that's that i think that's that's the point jeff we had a, like a brief conversation about this albert einstein wasn't you know full-on productive <laughs> if i remember correctly yeah, I mean, from what I remember, yeah, like he, he, from the stories told of his like American university days, like he wasn't 100% at his desk or writing on a chalkboard with doing all his equations. Apparently, the way his office was set up, it was, you'd walk past his office and he'd be facing the window, so his back would be to you. His office was like the opposite way of every, the way people normally think of offices. And he'd just be staring out the window letting his mind wander, just mulling over problems, mulling over equations or whatever. And that's, he wasn't 100% doing active work. But that doesn't mean he wasn't, that doesn't mean he wasn't working, if you know what I mean. Hmm. I mean, the literal story of the eureka moment, you know, we talk about now, when you have that realization, it's a eureka moment. That story happened in the bathtub. <laughs> it really did. Ah, oh, ah, oh, there's that, do you remember that place? Margie, there's that. There was like a science museum where they had a giant dude in the bath, mm -hmm. and he would just, and he would eureka, and then all the water came out of the bath, and it was huge. Mm -hmm. Good times. Uh, they they, they tried to make learning fun when we were kids. <laughs> they tried, and I don't remember <laughs> what that Greek dude's name is. 
Oh, Greek, now he's I like don't a Greek philosopher now. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Well, I guess that is one of the tricks about, you know, productivity specifically. Like you don't need to be consciously thinking about a problem to be able to solve a problem. A lot of this problem solving stuff uh, does happen Archimedes. subconsciously in the background. <laughs> it's, it's when you Archimedes, wake up in the middle of the yeah. night. It's like, ah, I found it. Yes. Well, that's it. You need to give your mind space. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times and I do love it how all these little themes sort of come back around over and over. We've talked about how the podcast exists as an interstice. We want to be this kind of middle ground calm, like a ray of light sort of shooting through the window on a, on a calm afternoon. It's a lovely image. I really enjoy it. Those are what we, That's what we're also talking about now. Those times where you carve out a little calm space for your mind to just go, hmm, everything gets put down. And then that's when these moments often happen of just, yeah, you're not stressing anymore. You're not pushing for an answer. And sometimes the answer comes to you in those moments, even if the answer is, huh, why am I trying to read 300 books a year? Am I even yeah. enjoying the book that I'm reading as I'm just trying to, you know, make a number? Hmm. When you give your brain like space, suddenly your brain just does its thing and it's like, oh, that's what it's there for. <laughs> well, like we set so much expectations on ourselves and that's where guilt comes from. It's expectation not met. Or fail, or, yeah, yeah, failure to meet expectations, either internal or external. And and I think that's sometimes why we fail at recreation, which it seems like a paradox. How can you fail to relax? Because we set this expectation of, I am going to, you know, go on holiday and it's going to be wonderful. When I get back, I'm going to be completely rejuvenated and happy. And it's like, why aren't you happy? Because the expectation, like, you need to just sort of like, you need to be a Jeff. In these moments, you need to be a Jeff where you kind of put everything down and go, I'm going to follow that butterfly for the next hour. Woo! And off you go. Hmm. There's no goal. There's no purpose. You're just letting yourself be free for just a little, even if it's just for 10 minutes in the middle of a workday, just going, you know what? I'm going to be me for just 10 minutes so that I have something left in the tank. Hmm. hmm. And then at the end of the day, when you're going to your hobbies, when you're trying to take some of that back, like, again, it doesn't have to have a purpose. It's not like I am going to be the best violinist in the world. It's like, no, I just want to learn this one song and I'm just going to plug away at it half an hour every day. And that's enough because it's fun to do. And it's so, so hard. It's so easy to say, I will just do it. But actually taking your mind into that place is so tricky. It's definitely tricky, but it's much easier when you've got something left in the tank at the end of the day. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> or at least it makes it easier. I think it is a theme that you have to kind of stitch through your daily life. It's not something that happens at any one moment always. Allow yourself to waste time as well. Time feels like this precious commodity that's just forever slipping away in the hourglass of time and it's just ever falling away from slipping through your fingers. Time, sometimes time wasted is the best way you can spend that time. Hmm. Just let it, let it be, let it happen. I'm going to follow the butterfly. I'm going to shut my eyes and take a 10 minute power nap. Well, it reminds me of, you know, there's the whole thing where, you know, oh, should I go, you know, should I go back to school? You know, I'm 35 and mm. oh, is, am I too old to do a degree? And, they, you know, they say, well, you know, in five years time, you're still going to be 40, but you could be 40 with a degree or 40 without a yeah. degree. 
but it works the, it works the other way it's that time that half an hour is going to go by whether you like it or not you yeah. could either spend that half an hour being stressed guilty about not doing anything or worried about not doing anything or you could just enjoy not doing anything either way the half an hour is going to pass hmm it's and i really want to just take a moment right now to say like this isn't easy this isn't something that we're saying ah follow the indulgently minimal way and you too can be happy like it takes practice and i think that's the key here it it's weird to think about having to practice at doing nothing practice spending time with yourself practice enjoying yourself but sometimes you have to kind of go okay you know what like me i'm trying to read more because i fell out of the habit and it's not something you just pick up and go i'm now going to read you know a thousand word dostoevsky novel sometimes you have to sort of go okay next 10 minutes i'm going to try read get through a chapter if i do if i don't it's fine but that's what these next 10 minutes are for i mean reading especially it's like any hobby you, it's a, it's like any hobby it's a skill and if you don't do it for a long time that skill atrophies yeah mm. and you just need to get and, and then you have to practice getting back into it and that's that's fine you yeah. know you may not be able to read for 3 hours non-stop like you could when you were 10 but that's fine you're not and, 10 anymore yeah. and you know it's also okay to put the book down if you're not enjoying it there are many books just yeah and that's where this mindfulness comes from like pay attention to what's actually fulfilling you what are you enjoying what are you not enjoying and as we said i mean at, at the top we were saying that your energy is a finite resource don't just give it all to work and leave yourself an empty husk but at the same time if you've actually you know tried to do that carved out some time for yourself left some manner in the in the pot don't then spend that on something that's not making you happy either it's okay mm. to go this book isn't for me or i'm not enjoying video games right now i'm going to go outside or i'm going to i'm going to watch a 12 hour netflix binge of something if that's what is making you happy that's what makes you happy yeah don't get anxious trying not to be anxious that's that's a, that's, that's a hard one to internalize for sure It's practice, and it's actually mm. something I want to talk about next week. So, little. <laughs> I just want to say it's practice. Now you've got now you've got to come home and practice about not getting anxious, and then <laughs> you might suck at that, and then you'll be anxious about it. But don't worry about it. Don't worry. Um, oh, time wasted isn't always time wasted, as it were. Like you yeah. do need some time to 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 be useless, as it were. Like just. Being productive all of the time is in itself a little bit counterproductive because it does drain you. Like your efficiency drops yeah. the harder you it, work at something. It leads giving, to it leads to burnout. It leads mm. to burnout ultimately, which is what we're talking yeah. about the other week. And that this is what I think I, I'm kind of taking away from this run of episodes and why I want to finish next week on a discussion on mindfulness in general is that it's about learning to give yourself permission for whatever it is and i do think that's part of it is a giving yourself permission to waste time giving yourself permission to do quote unquote nothing because i think it's in those little still moments that little interstice as i said that that little spark of who we are is allowed it's like giving oxygen to a fire yeah that it's that space is what we need to 
Here at Indulgently Minimal, we don't condone giving oxygen to burning fires unless it's a controlled fire, but you know, just <laughs> so, so it's out there, please don't, don't, don't burn stuff down. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that old uh, Tom and Jerry moment, like, uh, my love is like a flame, a big, roaring, a big roaring flame. <laughs> <laughs> Your personality is uh, sometimes that little spark that needs that space to just be allowed oxygen to, to like, I would love it if people's quirks and eccentricities and indeed their personality was given space and oxygen to just explode. It, it is fantastic. They are. It is fantastic sometimes when, you know, you're at work or whatever and something's happening and then just somebody that you work tangentially with and you know them, but you don't really know them, if you know what I mean. You know, you know them as an acquaintance and then just a part of their weird personality pops out and think, huh, okay, that's cool. Because everybody, ha everybody's a weird goblin down deep down. Everybody's a weird goblin, but and we, we mean hide this in it. a very positive way. Oh, like it's it's fantastic. Everybody is this wonderful, bizarre, unique strange, person, unique goblin creature, and we love all of it. <laughs> we here at indulgently minimal love goblins. We want to play goblins in D and D. We. I love goblins. Goblins are amazing. So I should want to say this is a positive thing. We're not saying that everybody is like a monster. We <laughs> do mean that weird weirdness and eccentricity is part of the beautiful tapestry of life. Mm -hmm. we And we could talk about that for way too long, and I think we have reached the end of the episode. So, I mean, are there any final thoughts, guys, you want to sort of finish on today? My feet hurt. <laughs> Jeff is tired and his feet hurt. Wonderful. Murdoch. This was more of a conversation for me, basically. I was just happy to listen to. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of just overexerting, and I he's think, guilty. Yep, it's <laughs> it's it's a lesson to relearn and relearn and relearn. Where like it's okay just to wind down, take some time off, and not not really beat yourself about it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Give yourself permission, whether it's to take a week off or just to take ten minutes to not stare at your screen. Yeah. And, and that's definitely what I meant by my feet hurt. I'm giving myself permission <laughs> to not spend time doing stuff because I know that my feet need time to rest. Mm -hmm. My legs also hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Does anything not hurt? How's your nose? Pretty good. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Now that I'm thinking about it, it hurts. Thank you, Moggy. Uh, not, not, not a bad time <laughs> I to do go soap bath somewhere, Jeff. <laughs> Why, yeah. Where do you think I was before I came here, Murdoch? <laughs> <laughs> he had his salts, his oils, he had his scented candles. I'm sure it was divine. <laughs> oh, that is, that is indulgent. Oh, my. Yes. Well, we do try to indulge just a little bit here. Huh? <laughs> okay, well, guys, thank you for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed that one. Give you something to think about. We will be finishing this little arc on rest and relaxation next week with a discussion on mindfulness. So come back for that. We've been Indulgently Minimal. You can follow us on Instagram. We're Indulgently Minimal there. Any thoughts, questions, send us an email at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. I've been Moggy, and I've been joined today by Jeff. Thanks, guys. Remember to go easy on yourselves. And Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge a little. Just a little. See you for the next one. Take care. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.